Welcome to part two with my conversation with Brian Jenkins. I hope that you enjoy the second half of this episode. Um, so as I was saying, like these, these thoughts that were starting to come in for me were these thoughts of like fantasizing about other women, about actually having sex acts with other women. I was convincing myself that I deserved it. I earned it. I've been a good husband. I've been supportive. I've done everything right. And if this can't happen, it's not her fault, but it's also not my fault. And I didn't like that because I've had my past before where I've, I've done my dirt behind the scenes and, 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 and cheated. And that's just not where I want to go with that anymore. Mm -hmm. So, but interestingly, it got to a point, Jen, where it was almost, how do you say this? Not more, um, it was scarier to have that hard conversation than to think about what well, if I just go do this and she'll never know. Right. Like no one ever know about it. Yeah. Like that's easier. And I think a lot of men fall really for that hard. trap. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we fall for that trap because then, but then what really was I afraid of it? Like you said, if I bring this up to her, is she going to be insecure now? Yeah. Is she going to think that I want to be with other women? Mm -hmm. Is she going to think that she's not enough? And it's none of those things, none of those things. And so rather than potentially having that conversation, let me just go around the corner here. Let me just yeah. go to go to the co-working. Let me just go to the beach real quick, yeah. do my dirt, blow some steam off, then come back into it. But right, that's no way. You don't want to hurt her. No, right? right? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Which would, of course, really hurt her if she absolutely know, when she because it's but, hard but, but to hide even, a lie, right? Like it's especially for women, your intuition, your intuition is like high level. Women's intuition is high level. You always know. But I'd even say deeper than that. And again, a lot of people especially men we uh, we take this for granted is the damage it does for us to carry that to carry that lie for months and years on end and the knock-on effect it has i don't care how good you are you may be able to work, work your way through it you may be able to get really defensive and shut it down when she picks up on it but yeah. that's eating you eating, eating away at you right so it's not it's not taking the direction you really want to go in most cases well now i need to know the end of the story so you had this very <laughs> difficult conversation and I'm curious, was she down for it? Was she not? And if not, have you guys come up with some other ideas and plans to make sure that, you know, that you're taking care of? I'm sure she's also feeling the same thing. Yeah. She's probably like, yes. I would really like to have sex. Yes, yes. So A number one, you are correct. She had the same sentiment. Like she does have to have a desire. And I never really deeply doubted that because I know she's also a sexual being. I just know that right now it feels like the insecurity and not feeling like it, she's in her own body has been taking the front stage of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in regards to the, the open relationship, she didn't respond to that, but nor was I looking for that to be an answer right now. Like that's a kind of mm -hmm. like, like projecting, right. To me, it was almost like forecasting a little bit. Like if this goes the way it is, if, if we just can't move and this may be something we have to consider. Mm -hmm. So her initial reaction was like, thank you, mm -hmm. which I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised about. Okay. Because in previous conversation, it didn't go as smooth. It was like, like you mentioned, like red alerts, like with Scott. She said, I'm not surprised okay. because she understood that, yes, she didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this. And then naturally, the way I am, the way we are, just in human nature, like it's going to come. It could come to that, right? And the third thing is having a conversation. And so that did open us up to actually then having a, a a sexual encounter i'll leave all the details just try to respect my wife you know i think i have more fun with that but a sexual encounter which is great and spontaneous mm -hmm. right but it did open the conversation of what can happen here now because if we leave this to mm -hmm. faster if we leave this to get dried up if we leave this to get stagnant 
it nothing good nothing good is going to come from it you know so such an interesting conversation because i work with a lot of men talk to a lot of men i'm in a big swinger group with a lot of men mm-hmm. and so i hear them say it's usually not medically related right it's just mm-hmm. my wife doesn't want to have sex with me or it's yeah. not frequent enough or sometimes i'll do polls i'll be like who yesterday was who initiates more you yeah, or yeah. her, like men or women, husband or wife, or like how many times a week or how many times a month or how often do you like to have sex? And so I love yeah. to get these results back because also like, I'm very mindful that I'm in a swinger container and these are people yeah. that are highly sexual versus yeah. the rest of the world statistics that says, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, once a week is really great, but I'm yeah, curious yeah. for the men that are listening or the women that are listening, cause I'm usually one of them that are saying like, I, I want more, I crave more, or like my partner's just completely disinterested, which is not the case yeah. of your wife, by the way, Right. Yeah. but yeah. it's along the same vein of, I want yeah. something that I can't have, and I don't want to go yes. do the wrong thing. What yes. are some tools that you can recommend? Yeah. Well, a great question. Um, so there, there's two two avenues we can take this. I'll take this for more in my situation here where, for example, um, the man may know that his wife may want more sex, more intimacy, but for you know reasons beyond out of her control, it's just there's there's a hindrance there, okay? So some of the tools I use, number one, is being able to really under, put myself in her shoes. Before I went into anything, into the practices, is to really remind myself of what she's going through. Okay. Because in the beginning, I took it personal. I was becoming very resentful. And I made it about me. Like, yes, my needs are important. And yes, satisfying my needs are important. But in the beginning stages, I was forgetting about where she's coming from. I forgot about what her experience was. And the closest thing I can come to, Jen, is to even imagine what it'd be like to be her, is if I had a testicle side of the grapefruit, right? That'd be the closest thing I can understand what that would feel like for me and how sexy would I feel? How comfortable would I feel in my body if I had this thing that I can't control, right? And that helped me one, two, bring it back down and not just make it about me. Mm. Next step was seeing the opportunity. Mm. And the opportunity was, is yes, sex is beautiful. It's natural, um, biological. There's these, all these, these, these biological programs that happen. And sometimes those desires aren't just for the pure sense of just sexual programming. Sometimes it's, I want to feel loved. Uh, mm. I want connection. I want to receive love. Uh, I want to feel safe because when I'm connected with you, when I'm inside of you, when we're vulnerable uh, physically in that way, and oftentimes emotionally and spiritually, that there's a safety that comes with that. I wanted to feel those things. So my curiosity took me to, well, how can I potentially get that without the actual penetration of it? How can I fulfill that need that wanted to feel loved and wanted to feel safe and wanted to feel um, supported? That led me to uh, experimenting with or taking take on the practice of semen retention, okay. right? Like semen retention. And the semen retention practice was amazing for me because it allowed me to take more command of those sexual urges and desires and not only look for the outlet of ejaculation. Because let's be honest with you, most people, when they have these sexual desires or sexual energy, the go-to outlet is sex orgasm. I want to come, I want to ejaculate, that's it, right? For yeah. most people. However, there's so much more that's packed into it. There's so much power in that energy, in that emotion, if we have a better relationship with it. So I took on the challenge of the opportunity to deepen our relationship with that, which helped, again, 
put that energy back to myself and to put that in more creative avenues. And the last thing was continuing to see how can I help my wife feel sexy, right? This is her journey. I can't make her feel sexy. I can't force sexy on her. But how can I create more opportunity to make her feel sexy in the non-traditional way? So what I mean is like for a man, we may go, okay, well, I'm going to go rub her back. I'm going to go, you know, caress her body or I'm going to go smack her ass here. And all these things are great. But in this case with my wife and and I'll say in some women as well, feeling sexy oftentimes is not that direct thing that we're talking about. The sex things, ass, titties, neck. There's ways to feel sexy, like your presence to a woman is sexy. Mm -hmm. Like really listening to what she's saying is sexy. Really understanding what her fears and concerns are is sexy for her, right? Mm -hmm. And so really bringing that more into the conversation in our our interactions to allow more space for her to let her guard down. Because at the end of the day, what was she afraid of? She was afraid that I I may judge her. She was afraid that I don't find her attractive anymore. She was afraid that maybe she couldn't live up to my expectation. So that prevented her from actually letting her guard down and surrendering to me. So now for me is what can I do to create more space? And I can't force her to do it, but how can I create more space for that to come through? And so that was my process. And I don't know if that's going to be easy for people to follow, but <laughs> that's what it looked like. Hey there. I love to tell you about my Patreon account. So as many of you know, as things become more and more censored, it's harder for content creators like us to stay live on these amazing platforms like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. So what I've done is our spicier content now lives over on Patreon. We currently have some really fun episodes up, like how to give amazing blowjobs. I also just recorded and uploaded my night in a dungeon with a dominatrix. What can you expect? Weekly episodes and weekly content, some of it being sex ed, some of it being story and erotic telling, like I just did with my night in the dungeon. Some of it being more podcasting where we have a guest on. So for an entry price right now of $5 per month, you can hop into my Patreon account and check it out. Check the show notes below for more information. Hope to see you there. Bye. Yeah, I do. And it always leads me back to the erotic blueprints. Mm. Have you studied the erotic blueprints? No, I haven't. Okay. So basically like the five love languages, there are four different ways that we feel connection and love during sex. Each person has different ones. So there's, um, so Scott, I think about him. There is, um, I'm like totally blinking out. There's energetic. So he needs to have an energetic exchange. He wants to talk. He wants to communicate. He wants to have me watch a show with him. This could be sexting with your partner. It could be sending dirty pictures even to your partner. It's that energetic connection. The next one is um, sensuality. So tactile, touch, caresses, hugging through all throughout the day. The other one is um, pink. So, and this to me, it feels like kind of like a little bucket onto itself. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like not everyone is into kink, but some people are really right, kinky right. Yeah, and they yeah, yeah. feel love and connection through that. So I imagine like being wrapped in rope with Shabari yeah. Yeah, or having yeah, yeah. a DS experience with your partner. Yeah. And then the fourth one is sexual. You are sexual. Yeah. You yeah. feel love through the act of having mm-hmm. sex. 
Mm. And then the fifth one is just all of it. So I'm all of it. Mm. Give me all of it and more, please. Mm. And so I also think if we can, there's a quiz, by the way, it's free. Mm. You can take Mm. the quiz, just like with the five love languages. And not only if you kind of like layer them on top of each other, like you take Gary Chapman's five love languages and you go, okay, when I take out the trash, when I fill my partner's car up with gas, when yep. I take the kids to the orthodontist, like these are mm-hmm. ways to show love for my partner. Yes. I feel love. Yes. Yes. And then I layer on top of that and they need an energetic exchange. Mm-hmm. So as mm-hmm. soon as they wake up, I'm going to look into their eyes and say verbally, you are mm-hmm. so precious to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I love you so much. Um, gee, I can't wait to connect with you again tonight. And then throughout yeah. the day, you stay <laughs> right. You just kind of layer yeah. these things on. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if that's also a way to feed them in a non-penetrative way. Yes, of course, 100%, 100%. You know, everything you just shared in, in um, you know, um, in those those two uh, languages. So we, so we have the love languages and what you call this? The sex the erotic languages? Blueprints. The erotic blueprints. Erotic blueprint. You know, and so this also reminds me of the, what you just said. And when you take the poll of the men, like in the swingers groups, and it's most of the men who say like they don't have enough or they aren't getting enough or whatever it may be. The similar, the same thing happens similarly with the men and my couple sessions as well. And they're missing the fact that a lot of times it's not that the woman doesn't want it. It's that the men are missing some other key things. A little bit different than what you're saying. But for example, like the, what the last client that comes to mind is, the woman is very highly sexual and she was open to inviting other women into their relationship. Mm-hmm. However, over time, she was not feeling safe with him. She was not feeling secure with him. She wasn't mm-hmm. feeling she trusted him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was essentially drying up her reservoir, her sexual reservoir. And he couldn't get it. All he wanted to do is bury his bone. And she's like, I want you to bury your bone. However, these other things aren't allowing me to do that. And he couldn't quite get that, you know? So it's working with him and working with um, particularly mostly men in these in these ways to be able to look at this a bit differently, that the foreplay starts way before you even touch them, right? The whole, this whole cat and mouse game, like you said, starts with the looking at the eyes, mm-hmm. like acknowledgement, really seeing that person, really letting them be seen and feel appreciated, creating that play throughout the day. And so I think there's a lot of truth in that, that it goes overlooked, but then sometimes in this fast paced world, you know, of wanting things, now we just want to get to the stuff. How can I just get to the business as quick as possible? I don't have time to stop and, and gaze into their eyes. Well, don't you? Don't you? I don't have time to, to understand what their language are, what their, you know, their erotic blueprint is. The most do important thing that you yeah. can do for your partner is to understand. What's amazing is we have these tools that literally give us the freaking roadmap of our partner. Right. Right. What the yeah. fuck are you doing if you don't yeah. understand yeah. it? Yeah. Have them written down, like memorize yeah. them, put them on the whiteboard in your office. Like, have I done these things today? Something super yes. unsexy is to just put reminders on your phone. Like if, especially right. because I noticed that partners typically are very opposite blueprints. So like I am mm-hmm. sexual, he is yeah. energetic and sensual yeah. and I'll forget that he needs me to connect. He needs me to physically yes. connect. He needs me to yes. energetically connect. So sometimes I put reminders in my phone, go touch Scott. Right. He doesn't think that's right. romantic and I wouldn't tell him that I'm doing that. <laughs> Because then it's going to ruin it for him, right? Right, right, right. So so in the flip sense of this, there's nothing wrong with you if you are a high sexual. And that's been the biggest learning I've had this month. 
after all of our mm, difficult mm, conversations is there's mm, nothing fucking mm, wrong with you if you are a high no. sexual. If you're partnered to a high sexual and you're listening to this podcast in the same way that you want to be, you know, kinkly, kinkly, kinky, yeah. kinky-ish, <laughs> like in the kink no, way. I love like kinkly, you, yeah, yeah. You want to have your ass slapped in the kitchen and that yeah. makes you feel aroused and feel loved. Yeah. Or you want to have your partner send dick pics in the middle of the day. Yeah. Or you want to or you want to yeah. have them touch you and give you a kiss and a yeah. warm embrace before you leave for work. You yes. might have a partner that really, truly sex makes them feel loved. And there is nothing yes. wrong with that. I am no, one of those no, no, people. No, no, no. And now right, that I've embraced yeah. this, I'm like, this is who I am. So be yes. mindful, right? Like think of different yeah. ways throughout the day. If you don't want to physically have penetration with them, mm. what ways can you do to help, mm. you know, make the connection to, yeah. to even help get them off? There's a million mm. different ways to have mm, sex mm, without mm. physically being penetrated. Correct. So for us, Scott is really good with his hands. So if he's Mm. not feeling in the mood to physically penetrate me, but he Mm. knows I'm really horny, he might finger me for 15 minutes and give me 20 orgasms. He might go down on me. He might, I Mm. might do the same for him. Like just the other day, we took kind of a quickie in the middle of the, of the Mm. work day. And I just used my hands and got him off. And it felt so good to be able to give in that way. Yes. Get creative. Right. Yes, 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 yes. But, you know, I also, you know, it's, it's, it's when you said, when you kind of like not hesitated, but you were curious about like kink and how kink fit into it. Yeah. And to me, if I would, you know, would have used my imagination, I think what kink allows people to do is to really feel authentic. Right. Cause sometimes kink can be like freaky or something, things you shouldn't let people know about. Or you can only share that side with people who you trust. And so I wonder if, you know, in that, if you feel safe with someone to let that kinkly out that that's letting you be more authentic about who you really are. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But on that same thread is I also think it, that goes down to the difficult conversations is sometimes we don't want to share mm-hmm. what we really want. What we really desire, whether it's an open relationship, whether it's like, I think, so we, we'll tell a little bit about, about the, the behind the scenes of, of our conversation. We talk about butt plugs. Maybe a man wants to say, actually, I'm kind of curious if you put your finger in my ass, right? But you don't want to say it to your wife because what if she thinks you're gay? What if she gets freaked out? What if she thinks it's gross? What if she, all these things. What if she says, I've been wanting to do the same thing. Let's go, right? So it's always, you know, just being willing to have these conversations to express openly our desires without the fear of the potential rejection, the backlash, or what's going to happen. Have faith in that. Now, there is truth in having a a, 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 a a union in which you both create that safety for each other. Because let's say, for example, use that example. I say, babe, I would really love to experiment with you putting your fingers in my ass, right? And she says, um, no, ain't going to happen. Like dirty, gross, not doing it. But I'm not going to judge you for that, right? So if that's important to you, I would like to be open to say, so what else can we do? Or how can we make that happen without the actual thing? Or maybe... Are you willing enough to just try? Are you willing to get over that thing for one moment just to experiment with your partner to help them get that thing, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, if the feedback is, hey, here's something kinkly. Let's coin this word, kinkly to I TM. love it, kinkly. <laughs> I want to get kinkly, right? Yeah. And every time I present the opportunity to you, you shut me down and make me feel ashamed of it. You make me feel bad about it. And I stop. That's not fluidity. But if you create this space in which, hey, I want to throw something at you, and I know it may be crazy, 
but I know you're going to receive it. You're going to see, you're going to hear it, at least consider it. And it's, it's possible. Oh my God, that fluidity, that's sexy alone. Just having that fluidity to share that, you know, going back to embracing these difficult conversations. I right? love it. And if you're listening to this and your butt's clenching up a little bit <laughs> and you're feeling some anxiety, maybe your throat chakra is closing up a little, the idea of having a conversation like this with your partner, know that this is a learned skill. It's expanding mm. capacity to have the difficult conversations. It is something learned. And the more that you do it, the more repetition that you have in this, the easier it gets. Oh, and yeah, yeah. just like repeating a process or creating, um, I like to like create certain practices with my clients where I'm like, you know, let's, let's add this in every week. Let's have this be a repeat. Yes. The more that you do this and rinse, wash, repeat, the easier it gets. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes mm -hmm. something that you get excited to talk about. Like what weird, right. what weird shit you want to talk about tonight? <laughs> <laughs> let's have a one-up conversation. Let's see. Let's, let's see how far we can go. <laughs> And it's just like, um, you know, makeup or breakup sex. I feel like these kind of conversations almost do the same thing for you, where once you get past the crunchiness, mm. it might be a couple mm -hmm. of days for us. It was 48 mm -hmm. hours for me mm -hmm. of pure hell. And for him of really sitting in the feeling and me going, I just want to be yeah. over this. Can we just have the makeup sex now? Like, can we move on? <laughs> right, right. That's the delicious side when you get to the other mm. side and then breathe and maybe let your nervous system calm before you bring up yes. the next hard thing. Yes. <laughs> and then yes. the next yes. week go, okay, have something else. And then the next week, okay, yes. have something else. And the next yes. week, okay, have something else. Yes. And then it just becomes normal conversation and things you yes. can process through easily and quickly. Oh, Jane, that's such gold right there. That's such gold. So if you're listening, go back and re record that. Go back like two minutes and listen to that again. Because what I'm hearing in that is one, you didn't use the word, but to me, it's a practice. Like you treating this like a practice to have these conversations. And two, you brought up nervous system, which is very, very important as well. So understand this is that when you have this sense of rejection, if you've had it in the past or someone made you feel insecure or, sh or to be ashamed about how you express yourself before, it didn't feel good. Your throat closed up, mm -hmm. butterflies in the stomach chest got tight. You didn't like it. You don't want to do it again. So being willing to, to go through the practice of having these, like Jen is saying, that retrains the nervous system and let yourself know that you are safe. You are okay, especially with your partner. So if you can both agree to have these conversations, this is actually something I do go with my, my couples as uh, couples as well. Uh, we talk about three-dimensional truth and sharing your truth mm -hmm. is having these conversations, like set them up in the beginning. They suck. Because you're not used to having them. They suck. They're uncomfortable. You want to squirm away. You want to be over with. But just as Jen's saying, the more you breathe into it, the more you trust, the more you practice and create this ritual of it and get excited about it, gamify it, right? Maybe just share one small thing. And after that, you guys get to get kinky, get kinkly, right? Exactly. And maybe after the, the next time, and you guys can like make it again, just gamify it, knowing that there's only more connection after this. There's only more depth after this. There's only more goodness after this, you know? I love that. You know, the freedom that you feel in therapy or with your coach mm. where you're like, yeah. this is the container that as a couple, we can come into and we can say all the hard shit that right. we're not willing to yeah. say to each other, but we're willing to say to yeah. you in front of each other. And then you leave yeah. and you kind of feel this relief because you had this same container. You can create mm -hmm. that with each other. Yes. And I love the ritual yes. aspect or the creating a weekly practice aspect. And then yes. and then the getting to the other side of it, right? You yeah, leave the yeah, container yeah. and you're like, 
let's get kinkly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the, and then this goes back to beautifully how we frame this as the sex after the storm. Because I'm telling you, family, it will feel like a storm. You will feel like your boat is getting rocked. It's going to be like in that in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. You see these like five-story waves coming. It's going to feel like that. You're going to feel it brewing. And you'll survive. You will survive, you know, and then treat it like that reward afterwards and accept that maybe in the beginning, it may, you may not be sexually as sexually receptive in the beginning stages because your nervous system will be shocked. Yeah. You won't be used to it. And that's okay. So as long as you, you know, it's coming, you know, it's going to be a bit of a process, like going to the gym again, like mm -hmm. going for long walks again, whatever it is that you've done new that you're not accustomed to, this is no different. Your nervous system needs to retrain. But if you don't do this, you're just, you'll always get this plateau. You know, this plateau doesn't need to be there. I agree. And a, a heads up for those with ener high energetic partners, mm. when the energetic partner feels the disconnection, they are not going to be able to plug in sexually. So give mm -hmm. them a little space because yes. they realign their mm -hmm. nervous system and they reconnect back into you. That's when yeah. magic happens again, but yes. just don't feel personally <laughs> attacked <laughs> when you yeah. feel them pull away. It's just that energetic system is not able yes. to connect when there's angsty crunchiness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. We missed something that I think we need to make Did sure we? we add before the end of this. And that's, Did? Let's give the gift of telling them how to set up the difficult conversation mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in a way mm. that their partner may be more receptive. Would you offer that? But Jenny, it would be more fun just to send them off and like let them mess it up and I figure it out. I think we might make some divorces happen. <laughs> well, maybe it's coming. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, actually, very, very good point. Very good. You know, so. Setting up the, the difficult conversation, um, let's let's assume that you both are for this conversation, okay? Because it can very well be that you are more receptive to it and your partner may not. And this, I find this to be true in my marriage that I, I'm, I'm ready like to set up and knock them down and she's like, hold on, what are you doing? So let's just assume that, actually let's go for the hard, I think that's harder. Let's go for you are more receptive and your partner is not, right? Um, one, mentally, mentally prepare yourself. And I'm saying mentally prepare yourself by setting your expectations and remember why you're doing it. And I'm saying that because it's very easy to say, I'm going to have this difficult conversation because I see something that I want to get out of it. Hi. Okay, yes, I need all my attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is okay to be mindful of what you want to get out of it, but what's in it for them? Okay. If you forget about what's in it for them, then you now are attaching their reaction to how it went. And that's not going to be the same thing. So get yourself mentally prepared for it. Two, put yourself in their shoes. Really take a moment to play this out and say, this thing I want to deliver to them, this information, this idea, this conversation, whatever it is, what may come up from them? And you have experience and clues. You've had these conversations before. So use the, the breadcrumbs from before to kind of simulate what could happen. Not will, but what could happen. Next, introduce it to them. Right now, understand that when you even introduce the idea that, hey, I like to have a conversation, their alarm already go off. It's like, I'm in trouble. Yep. This is serious. We want to sit down and talk. So their nervous system may already spin out. Be prepared for it. Okay. So there's many ways it's going to spin out that, they can, that these can thread off. But let's just assume that they're calm about it. They're saying, okay, I'm a little shocked right now, but okay. Next, have the, the openness to be very direct. So to me, I don't like beating around the bush. A lot of times we want to say, hey, you're this, you're that, blah, 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 and with the best intention. 
because we want to let them know that the uh, the perceivably bad thing I want to share with you or the hard thing I want to share with you is not really a thing. I want to share just how great of a person you are. But all we're thinking is, okay, just get to the butt. Okay. So get no to the sandwich you you're because, saying. We're not sandwiching yeah. this. You're just no, going no, 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 no. Okay. Just going in. But again, with tact in this, just say, so for example, the conversation with, with my wife, I'm going to use a real life example. When I asked her to say, hey, I really have a conversation with you about something that's really important to me. And but I see the opportunity in what this can be for us. And what this is, is we just, if we just keep very, be, uh, very honest and real, we have not been as intimate as we probably both like to be. And I believe that a solution that I don't want to be a solution, but if this does not um, change, if things stay the way they are in these next foreseeable months or year or so, we may have to consider an open relationship, getting right to it. Okay. And I'm saying getting right to it because in either case, they're going to have to hear it. One, by delaying it, you will may, may freak yourself out. It's like jumping off a cliff, mm -hmm. jumping into a cold pool. The longer you sit there kind of dancing around with your toes on the edge, it's going to be harder for you and you're building up their anxiety. So with the intention of why you're doing it, taking into account what may come up for them, knowing that their nervous system may be in shock, mm -hmm. deliver it and be able to sit with that. Okay. Like Jen said before, they most likely may take it personal. That may not be your intention. I wasn't trying to tell my wife that she's unattractive, not sexy, undesirable, that she's not enough. That's not what I wanted to say, but she may have felt that. So I was prepared to receive that. All right. And then once you receive it, let the conversation take place organically. Okay. And you may have to hold some space for your partner. So if you have the ability to have a difficult conversation, perhaps you are the partner that's more ready for that. So be prepared to take on some more of that, the structural integrity of the conversation because mm -hmm. your partner may spin out right? and then let it go from there. So there's a, 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 an infinite amount of possibilities, but I'll stop there. And if you have questions, reach out to Jen or myself. I'm sure I will be happy to give you the tips to navigate those, but we'll, I think that's a good stopping point. Yeah, I love that. And the only other thing I would add is like, come with an energy of curiosity and maybe instilling mm. that into the conversation. Yes. Yes. How would you feel if we got curious about opening our relationship? How would you feel yeah. if we got curious about trying butt play? Oh my gosh, Brian, this has been yeah. so much yeah. fun. Yes. Tell everybody, where can we find you? Do you have any programs? If men are listening to this and they're like, geez, I need more of him in my life. What are the opportunities to play with you? Yes, yes. Thank you for asking me because I'm really excited about a. Um, so right now, in the next month, I'll be launching a the the group version of my couples program called Intentional Union. So what this is, is a program I developed for for couples um, that goes for four months, and we go through uh, three specific phases. One is a beautiful death, um, which involves letting go of the past. The next one is a three dimensional truth recognizing that there's at least two different truths in this union, at least two, um, and then dual nurturing. So how do you take care of your own needs? How do you take care of yourself before you try to take care of your partner? And this has worked very, very well on an individual basis, but I also see the magic and the, the depth in which we can share this with each other for different experiences. So it's a brand new program that's going four months, uh, a call every single week for 16 different calls. I'm going to bring in some special guests as well, sex therapist, tantra coach, and other people mm -hmm. to really just add a lot of value in this. Um, and that's going to kick off the beginning of June. 
So if you would like to be considered for that program, I'm going to take 10 people in this first pilot round, if you will, just to make sure that I have control and the bandwidth to, to, to create this. Um, let me know. You can be put on the wait list, um, but that's the main program coming up. And then as you mentioned for men as well, um, the program that I do with men is called Unshakable Man. And this is essentially to be in a position to be with your wife's emotions. Like for us, it does feel like a storm. It feels like a hurricane coming at us, shit's all over the place, the debris. We don't know where to look and where we're going. And that can take us off our kilter. Yeah. And like you started in the beginning, we can feel like our attention's going from our business, our creativity, the legacy we're here to leave, you know? And there is an art form into being able to understand and know yourself to be with that. And I promise you, if you can learn to be with yourself, with your woman, you can do this with anybody because she's your best mirror. Oh, she's your best master, really, your best master, your best teacher, if you allow her to be. Or you can reject her and make it more complicated for yourself. So those are two main programs. Ah, so yummy. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being on today. This was absolutely yes. a blast. And I feel like we added a ton of value. So. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. If you didn't screw yourself. No, I'm kidding. Or, or do. <laughs> I love it. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Cheers. Yes, yes, and yes, soul, family, and pleasure seekers. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Now, for those of you who wanna take this out of the conversation into a more deeper practice, I have two programs that would support you in that journey. Now, the first one is for my couples called Intentional Union. And in there, we build your relationship from the ground up with intention from reimagining intimacy and sexuality, touching on these difficult conversations and truths that may be stopping your relationship from reaching their depth of pleasure and bliss. And the other one is called Man Unshakable. For those men who are married or who desire to be in committed relationships, who want to show up in their authentic expression for their queens without losing themselves. If either one of these speak to you or if you'd like more information, please contact me. I'll be waiting. Peace, love, and respect. Ciao.